0: Wrapping up our spooky October week, and uh, we're going to talk about Satan today. So, Satan, we've kind of covered him a little bit this week, just naturally in our topic of demons and whatnot, but uh, we see his start, of course, at the beginning of the Bible in the Garden of Eden. Uh, we don't necessarily know it's him in the Old Testament, but by the time we get to Revelation, all the way at the end, you see John saying, like, the serpent, which is the devil. He makes us aware that, like, if we hadn't caught on to it yet, Satan is, like, the one who led us all into the implosion of of everything. So Satan is the name of the devil. But isn't Satan also used as, like, an adjective or a descriptor? Yeah, Satan is a noun. It's a uh... Um, The word is—it's a Hebrew word that just means uh, uh, like adversary. That's a noun, right? No, noun. The person, place, or thing. Well, yeah. If you're an adversary, then you it would, would be, be a noun. A, or if you were adversarial, I guess we could say if you want the descriptor word. Yeah, because in the Old Testament, different kinds of things could be a Satan. So, like, you don't have to be a bad guy in the Old Testament to be a Satan. Uh, You just have to be kind of adversarial. So this is especially seen well when the angel of the Lord, who is a very good guy in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord shows up to Balaam when he's riding his donkey. This is when he makes the donkey talk or whatever. And in Hebrew, the angel of the Lord is a Satan to Balaam. Not because the Angel of the Lord's a bad guy, or Satan is just in Hebrew, he is adversarial to Balaam in that moment, so like that's like the good guy being adversarial towards the bad guy, yeah, just like how sometimes when we have discussions or debates, someone will play Satan's advocate. there you go, so like Satan's advocate maybe doesn't always have to be. It's not even always in a spiritual conversation. It's just yeah. a term for someone who is arguing for the other side. Adversarially, yeah. So there, there you go. That's a that's a good modern example. So because Satan is a adjective slash now, however you want to define it, because it means like adversary in the Old Testament, we don't always know when we're actually talking about like Satan himself. Uh, he doesn't show up much in the Old Testament. In fact, Satan's big story in the Old Testament is in Job, right? Satan wants to kind of like torture Job and prove that all humanity is the worst and that if they that Job's only a good guy because everything's gone so well for him and God if you took away all of all of his stuff he would be just like all the other humans in this world he would curse you to your face. And so that's kind of like what Satan does in Job. But we don't necessarily know that that's like Satan Satan because that could just be like An Angel with a bad mood, you know, like walks in I've gone to and fro throughout the earth Everybody down there is the worst. Well angel. Have you considered uh, Job? Well, that's because he's got so much good stuff because you put a hedge of protection around just take that away And he'll curse you like everyone else. So this could just be like any given angel doesn't have to be Satan but Because that angel's in such a bad mood and because he now represents like giving humanity a horrible time, persecuting them and trying to get them to curse God and all that, this sticks with the minds of the Jews as time goes on. And so like that, whatever that being was, now becomes kind of like a prototype for the ultimate bad guy who was that serpent at the beginning. So Satan is is a growing concept throughout the Old Testament before he becomes solid. Starts with the snake. And then uh, there's some prophecies in Ezekiel and Isaiah about a spiritual being who used to live in God's presence and tried to overthrow him. And so God cast him all the way from the highest of heights because that's where Satan wanted to be. He wanted to take God's place in the highest place, take his throne. God then casts him down to the lowest place, which is the earth. But not only the earth, underneath the earth, which is Sheol. Which is why Revelation is like, now humanity's got this horrible time. It's good for the heavens. We got Satan out of here. But it's bad for the earth and humanity because that's where he is now. (laughs) So, I don't know if I'm talking way too much here. But serpent... To vague prophecies about some spiritual being who tried to overthrow God and was cast to the earth. To this new, uh, to this Job character prototype of a spiritual being who's just out to make life miserable for humans. To finally the New Testament where we finally have the concept fleshed out to the point that Satan appears to Jesus and tries to tempt him. And in that case, we do think it is the Satan. By the time we get to the New Testament, Satan is Satan. Okay. The Old Testament, Satan is a growing understanding among the Hebrews of who this being is who's messed everything up for them. So one question I kind of have as you were discussing things, if the adversary for Job was the Satan of the serpent in the beginning, how did he communicate with God? Well, that would be part of the reason we might say that he was just an angel in a bad mood. It's because, you know, if Satan's been cast down to the earth, can he just enter into heaven's courtrooms and be like, I got a proposal for you, God. How about you, you over get rid of everything for Job? Because that's the way that it's pictured. It's a divine council meeting. In other words, all the spiritual beings, the sons of God, God's heavenly family, come together for a meeting. God says, court's in session, Ch-ch-ch, you know, nails javelin. And then an angel comes in with a proposal after he's been walking the earth. That's part of the reason we'd be like, could it be Satan? Wait, so how big is that courtroom? I guess as big as... Godly sized. How big are spirits? I, I, you know, I don't... Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking more of like a Colosseum idea. Of just like rows and rows and rows of people all around. Yeah. Well, God's courtroom, divine counsel, that's a whole nother thing that we will eventually get into some other time. But it's just the idea that like when court is in session, all the spiritual beings come and God demands verdicts and they surprisingly speak into it. So like when God decides King Ahab needs to die, he's like, how are we going to do it? and spiritual beings give ideas (laughs) and god says that one that 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 spirit's idea that will work let's do that so and that's the picture that's painted for christians in revelation again we replace the fallen sons of god to the point that paul says one day we'll judge angels so the idea is like one day we're in that courtroom and god extends authority to us to work with him on things so so, yeah, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. We won't go too much deeper into that right now. Uh, but your original question was what? How did he communicate? Yeah. yeah. How did he communicate? My guess would be maybe it just wasn't Satan that he was communicating with. So, another fun question. How many names or other names does Satan have? Yeah, because you got, what, Beelzebub? Lucifer. Which Beelzebub is actually an expansion upon the name Baal. Baalzebub. So in some ways, you actually see, like, the false god Baal of the Old Testament kind of being depicted as Satan in some ways. So the Bible kind of gives this depiction of Satan kind of being, like, reigning over the dead because he's in Sheol where the dead go. Uh, The reason humans even die is because we followed the serpent. So we've kind of given our own lives and authority over to him, brought sin into the world, and submitted ourselves to his authority, which is why he reigns over the world. Paul actually, Paul seems to call Satan the little g God of this world. When you think of God of the world, you often immediately think of, of Yahweh. But Paul understands, like, though God is the one true God of the world, there is a spiritual being who's still kind of reigning over the world right now. And that's why Satan has so much control and power. Um, Is he the one only leader of the dark world? Probably not. But he is the one everything's pinned on. So he's not the king of hell? I mean, you would essentially call him that. But like, is every last thing of hell submitted to his one rule, or is it delegated? because we've talked about the we've hierarchy. Talked about hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, think about think about the when Judas cast the demons out of the pigs, we did an episode on that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the pigs say is like, don't cast us out of the country, please. <laughs> Why do they care about that? Well, think about Daniel. There's a prince, there's a spiritual being, a prince of Persia. And so you would imagine it's got its own, like, earthly boundaries as to what it's over. Maybe these demons were so, under control of a certain... So it has borders. It seemed like those, pig, those pigs... Those demons were like, just don't cast us out of the country. Let us stay in our place that we've been assigned. Then they jump off a cliff, and which seems to show, like, they're sentenced to Sheol anyways, but... But there seems to be kind of like earthly boundaries that maybe the Bible sets up that are hard for us to understand. So anyways, Satan throughout the Bible, when you look at his whole story painted from Old Testament to New Testament, you watch what was once obscure become more concrete. The picture that's painted is Satan uh, once was perfect, worked for God, lived in his presence, uh, but then was found... um, becoming so conceited in his own pride and his own beauty that he decided to overthrow God. And so he raised up an army of angels, as Revelation would say, tried to fight God, lost. And because Satan tried to move to the highest of heights, he was then, as a reverse sentence, cast to the lowest of lows, like beneath us, under our feet, in Sheol, in the underworld, the realm of the dead. But he's not done trying to get to the top, so we'll we'll end with um, the concept of Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon in in Revelation. Do you guys remember anything about that from like Left Behind or? <laughs> yeah, Armageddon is supposed to be like the end of times. So wasn't so there an asteroid that was coming to hit the? Wait, well, asteroid. Well, that's Wormwood. Well, no, I'm in Revelation about, there's the worm. I'm talking about oh, the movie Armageddon. Oh, Left Behind, Armageddon, oh. right? Yeah, anyways, Left Behind is usually way wrong on everything, so I wasn't even referencing it for I'm just... (laughs) Armageddon uh, is kind of like the end times war between God and Satan, uh, where Satan rises up with fallen humans and fallen demons and tries to go fight God with uh, unfallen angels and unfallen Christians. Anyways... Armageddon um, the way that it's written in in Greek it's uh, John is trying to say like look you're gonna have to I'm gonna transliterate this for you so that you can understand what I'm talking about but if you read Armageddon in actual Greek you would see a breathing noise at the front of it so like <laughs> Mageddon. Uh and the reason that that breathing noise is there is because there's there's no H in Greek. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get people to make a h noise from Hebrew to that. Anyways, if you keep following the trail, what Harmagedon would be is more like Harmohed uh which in the Old Testament is the place. It's it's the the divine assembly. It's a place that Satan is referenced in prophetic words. Is trying to ascend this this mountain to overthrow God. Harmoed is what Harmagedon is. So essentially at the end of Revelation, guess what Satan's doing? Trying to get there. He's trying to ascend a mountain all over again, this time with an army of, of demons and fallen humans. And like, it's like the slow-mo battle. They're ascending this mountain and God's standing at the top. And there's Jesus who Satan remembers killing. And Jesus is standing up there with a the sword. And there's all these shiny angels behind him. And, and Christians who have long died that Satan remembers martyring as well. It's like this epic, epic final battle. Satan's trying to ascend one more time. But Jesus' sword is his mouth. And so he just speaks judgment. It's done. It's over, you know. I'd watch that movie. It's an epic scene, right? You can just see the rain, like, pouring as orc-looking creatures <laughs> are running in slow-mo up the mountain. But, like, that's what Armageddon Tearing is. a bomb into the... <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what Armageddon is. It's Satan's last hurrah trying to take it and usurp God's throne one more time, which you got to be real stupid. <laughs> After the first time, or to desperate. still, or desperate to still think that you're going to pull this off. Um, and that's how the Bible kind of paints his demise is, no, he's not going to win. He loses. Uh, and so it's just by the word of Jesus. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have to do any more than speak his judgment out, and it happens. So, anyways, uh, there's a lot of scripture to get into to follow everything that I've said today. We don't even have time to like reference every last one. So I've got uh, as usual free books and PDFs that we can put on the Discord channel so that you can read and dive deeper into all of those if you want. Um, Likewise, if you have questions, uh, you can ask them on the Discord and we can kind of address those one by one, go a little deeper. Uh, But yeah, that's been our spooky Halloween week. Monday, Nephilim slash Giants. Tuesday, Demons. And today, Satan. Now you've got a little bit more of a peek at the the underworld of things rising up to face us which you know a lot of times we treat those like it's not an important topic in the church but in my opinion if you don't know what the enemy is up to and how he works and what that looks like um, you, you won't might find yourself in the wrong situation yes as i think a lot of people do today because they just aren't aware i don't uh, know any better yeah However, at the same time, a healthy super in, or an unhealthy super interest in all of this will also lead to your demise. So it's good to try to find the biblical balance and concepts as to what the Bible allows us to know about all this. So remember, no Ouija boards and happy Halloween.